Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Dissecting the Magic. Uh, I'm Elijah. I'm Adam. And today we've got a really special character to dissect. Uh, none other than Professor Albus Dumbledore. The headmaster of Hogwarts. We're going to be talking about him today. Uh, using a similar process we've used for Snape. Uh, we're going to be looking at his early life. Uh, we're going to be delving through into his life at Hogwarts. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and then his effect on the books, which I think... We'll all be uh, very interested to hear about all of the all of the work he has done across all the books. Fantastic! As always, we're going to be using that scientific approach, that scientific magnifying glass, looking at Albus, looking at his life, and extracting, extrapolating those conclusions, and see what we come up with. Going to be quite an interesting character, so I'm. Um, uh, really excited for this. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. It's going to be a very different one to Snape, I think. It's going to be a very, very different story. Yeah, I mean, they are completely different characters, mm, completely yeah. different backgrounds altogether. Yeah. Um, let's start, as always, uh, at the beginning. Uh, what are our first impressions of the character when we first read the books? So I think we first get introduced to him in the first uh, chapter, don't we? He's Absolutely. the one who drops Harry Potter off Interesting, at yeah. his parents, uh, sorry, his aunt and uncle's house after, of course, the attack on on uh, Lily and James's house from mm -hmm. Voldemort. Um, I think this is really cool because it really sets the whole world up and there's a lot of uh, names being brought up that we've not necessarily heard of um, or we, that we don't necessarily hear about until a lot later on. Um, so it's quite cool, actually, because we hear about, obviously, Sirius Black for the first time, yeah. we hear about Voldemort, you know, we hear about all these quite big characters. Yeah, it's Dumbledore interesting how um, J.K. sets up uh, the stage mm. so early on. Um, Dumbledore is one of our first contacts with yeah. magic. Uh, I wouldn't say it's the first contact, but it's one of our first contacts. Uh, and what an entrance, you know. Um, we we are described uh, this wizard with a long beard, uh, dressed in odd clothes, yeah. uh, you know, taking lights out of lampposts and just putting it in this weird, um, you know, lighter. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite it's quite an odd picture that she paints, right? It is, yeah. And as well, he's got that scar on his knee that's the shape of the map of the London Underground. Yeah. I absolutely love <laughs> Which that. It's weird. It never is. Like, yeah. Although it does introduce us to a part of our own world. It's like, you know, the yeah. London Underground. That's something that, again, we sort of, as readers, we're immediately going, oh, that's, you know, that's cool. Well, that, that suggests this connection uh, with uh, muggles, yeah. right? Uh, it suggests this uh, weird connection that uh, Alvus has with the Muggle world, yeah, um, which is uh, quite a different thing from every other wizard that we meet. You see, Alvus is, I would say, the wisest wizard that we meet. Oh yeah, and uh, he is accepting of Muggles. He's accepting of the Muggle world, and he does not only acknowledge them, but he also wants to become a part of it. Yeah, and, and we know that because of his love for Muggle sweets. Yeah, that's very true. Yes, because he has is, the sherbet lemons. Doesn't exactly, it? Yeah. and it's such a such a quirky thing and such a quirky yeah. aspect that I I love. I, I absolutely love that as well. I think in that first sort of moment, you're immediately introduced to this, you know, this older kind of grandfather figure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Really older picture. He's very kindly spoken. He's very, he's quite a, not necessarily sweet, but he's very kind of loving character. Like and a Sherman lemon. Pretty you know, much, yeah. Sweet, yeah, acidic. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, and also McGonagall says, well, McGonagall, but then she says something like, um, well, we all know that you're the only one that, he who must not be named has ever feared. Yeah. And he's like, oh, and he's, he sort of brushes yeah. it away, doesn't he? He's a bit very blasé. But then I kind of, I think that kind of gets the everyone thinking, like, what's he actually like? What, how can a lovely old 
person like that. You know, exactly, so, exactly. You know, he it's very very strange. It's and I, I like how he immediately like just cuts McGonagall off when McGonagall is uh, obviously afraid because she's been observing those uh, muggles, the Dursleys, for yeah. quite a long time, and she she has observed how how mean and weird and yeah. eccentric they are. Uh, and how normal they are, I guess. And Dumbledore is like, yeah, but that's that's exactly what Harry needs now. Oh so, yeah. So he he's able to see the big picture, which is an attribute that majority of of you know adults are unable to. Yeah, that's um, true. So that already denotes wiseness, you know. That already denotes intelligence and the ability to 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 know what's best. Oh yeah. Um, and the ability to impose his own ideas because. McGonagall does not want to yeah. give Harry, uh, but Dumbledore is like, no, I know better. McGonagall. Yeah, he knows <laughs> Minerva. Yeah, I know better. <laughs> <laughs> she already, yeah, <laughs> like he already knows what's gonna. Yeah, he's like, yeah. come on, I, I know what I'm talking about. Exactly. <laughs> he's he's the coolest wizard of all time. Yeah. he's he's pretty awesome wizard. But yeah, when we first meet him, he's definitely a really sweet. He's definitely a really cool character from the first. Yeah. He's very big. You know, you, you can already tell he's gonna be a. You know, huge yeah. part of this world. In, interestingly enough, uh, J.K. keeps him kind of hidden throughout yeah. the books, right? He keeps his past and his uh, life kind of uh, hidden from us, uh, secluded from us, and that that already denotes um, how Dumbledore is a little bit um, secluded from he the is. world, right? He um, is. We know a Dumbledore who's already a great magician. We know a Dumbledore who's already, you know, the head of Hogwarts, um, who could be prime minister if he wanted to. Yeah, um, he can very easily take over. Exactly. He has the power to and do we, that. we get taken back to his life once he passes away, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Um, so yeah. so it's quite a, already an interesting analogy here. Uh, once Albus dies, that's when we start to understand him more as yeah, a person. Yeah, that's when we actually know Dumbledore. <laughs> exactly. Is when, you know... So, let's take it back. Let's take it a step back. Let's go at the beginning of the beginning. Cool. So, yes. um, I'm going to let you take the lead here because you know more about Dumbledore when he was young than I do. Um, so, well, should. <laughs> well, yeah, talk let's to go. Me. Yeah, talk to you. Talk to me. Man. Allah Homora, the doors of yeah. knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> opening give me the key to the yeah oh god um the pressure is on the pressure's on here um so yeah dumbledore uh grew up in godric's hollow mm-hmm. um or no he grew up somewhere else then he moved to godric's hollow mm. with uh kendra and uh what for, uh, albus per- percival dumbledore percival dumbledore who was yeah. his mother and father obviously and his brother aberforth and his sister ariana they moved there. Um, he became friends with Batilda Bagshots, I think, there as well. They all grew up in that same area. Um, but that was, a, I think, from that moment, there was always a very wrought family. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, you know, Dumbledore always strives for greatness. At a young age, Dumbledore strived for greatness. He achieved yeah. so many awards, so many honours at Hogwarts for his prowess in magic and his intelligence and his wisdom. All of this built all that. Um from a very young age, of course, he was shadowed by the fact that Percival, his father, attacked and yeah. tortured muggle children or muggle kids, basically, because yeah, like, yeah. they they took the piss out of um, Ariana, his daughter, yeah. when she was performing magic. They abused. They went over and tried to make her perform magic again, yeah. and then this had a marked effect on her. And this, I think, was another huge leap in the book when we find out about this, because it shows again, you know, the persecution between people who. For people who are different, you know, there's yeah, a lot absolutely. of persecution. And I think that's something that the books itself they they touch quite a yeah. lot, right? Um, 
we humans, and I like to talk as we humans as a general approach. Yeah, of course. Because yeah. when we talk about a large population in science, um, it's quite yeah. a uh, standard. I mean, like, yes, there's different people that do different things. Yeah. But when you clump us all together, yeah. um, we kind of, it's it's what we like to call a, a normal line, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we tend yeah. to, to act the same way. Uh, so... Um, we humans are quite an accepting of what's new yes. and uh, what's different. Uh, and um, that's something that magic touches a, a lot. Not magic, but I mean the, the wizarding world the wizarding touches world a lot. Touches on um, that, yeah. In the same way that uh, muggles are not accepting of magic, um, wizards are not accepting of muggles. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of it's kind of this balance, uh, which is. is interesting. It's it's absolutely it's fascinating. It is fascinating when we look at it because we can see that his life was marked by that from that point on. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the characters in book number seven, Elpheus Doge, he spoke of Dumbledore at school. He said he was a very quiet, very private man. Mm. Even then, as a boy, he was very private. Yeah. And that's because of this huge you know, thing that happens to his dad. His dad was convicted, and obviously all the newspapers reported that. Yeah, you know, absolutely, The, the um, Daily Prophet obviously reported uh, the, you know, all, all of the events surrounding his father's you know imprisonment in Azkaban yeah um I don't know much on that to be fair I don't know if... well we can always speculate um, yeah however imagine psychologically speaking how would that affect Albus's development as a child well how yeah yeah um, Need, yeah you can... um, I'm again I'm just speculating here. right but I could imagine that like attacking a muggle it's probably seen quite beneath you you know um, it's it's probably mm. and I don't mean beneath you as in like sort of like hierarchy, uh, yeah. but <laughs> I, I mean magic is so powerful and oh, yeah. muggles are so powerless, right? Uh, and it's like yeah, it's attacking. It's attacking somebody who cannot defend um, himself, yeah. right? It's it's um it's it's like hunting a rabbit, yeah. right? I mean exactly, yeah. Um, it's a it's a game, yeah, exactly. A game that's it's, it's not a game. fair. So um, Albus being somebody with such a prowess, um, not only magical but also mental, you know. Someone, oh yeah. Somebody who's so smart, who's so um critical and and has a lot of analysis. Um, he probably sees this and is like, how? Why would you do that? Yeah. You know, why would you? Um, attack somebody who cannot defend himself. Yeah, uh, and that's something that appears in the books a lot. He's the, the he's. Um, I think um, was it Voldemort says you know uh, that champion of muggles, that champion of like the lower caste. You know, because he is, he defends house elves. He yeah. he defends his lessers, exactly. which I find very interesting. And that's and and that goes along with um, the way he he's portrayed. As, he's portrayed as this granddad, you know, as this like. M- you know the the top of of the household yeah the the one who protects them all everything every everybody who's beneath who's underneath him you know, will be protected by his mantle oh yeah and um and could that stem from what his dad did um most probably he's overcompensating oh yeah um which but, is amazing yeah thank god <laughs> i know right yeah <laughs> yeah he did great <laughs> but like um, probably that um that act that his dad mm. uh, performed has marked him a lot and, oh yeah and, massively and, you know and we'll see that later on when he meets somebody quite interesting somebody quite special yeah uh, and that is um, Mr. Grindelwald himself. Ah, yes. Now I wonder where that was going to go. Yes, that's very true. He does because he, he meets. I think 
where he's so intelligent, I think, and this is something that's quite, you know, quite a common trait. I, I assume, obviously, you you'd you'd know more about this than myself. Um, but from a psychological point of view, I'm sure that you know someone who's more intelligent, you know, that it's incredibly lonely. You know, the person who's very intelligent, it can yeah, be very lonely because um, you know it's it's you're. You know, you're in that insular world of knowledge. Uh, that that is that is amazing what you just described. Yeah, um, yeah it, I mean, it's amazing what I mean. It's like you're so right. Um, somebody, people who tend to be really, really smart. Yeah, and I don't mean really smart in in um, in any in any sort of like streetwise or any sort of like knowledge wise, but mm. people who tend to um, think about everything. Yeah, and um, that's more of a curse than, than, than a blessing yes, you know yeah. um, having to analyze everything that happens to you must be um, draining I wouldn't yeah. know because I'm not that smart <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what I mean is like imagine somebody who who has to ponder and critically analyze everything yeah. that happens to him but you have to do that in your research though you, yeah, you yeah. have to like really um, uh, that's when we do research we, we question yeah. everything uh, and that is red draining enough. But imagine just questioning everything that happens to Gosh, you that's... on a personal level, mm. not even not being able to differentiate between science and personal life. Yeah. For him, he's so smart and he's so critically analytic of everything. Yeah. That he secludes himself from oh, yeah. human contact. Um, oh yeah, massively. Uh, but then he meets sort of his sort of equal, mm. right? Oh yeah, because uh, obviously after um, Ariana died, oh, yeah. God, that must have had an even bigger effect on him. Because you know, no, not Ariana. Sorry, um, uh, Kendra, his mother. Yeah, his, mother. his father's now in Azkaban. Yeah. His mother's now. His mother was uh, died. Uh, was, yeah. was killed uh, in a freak accident. Yeah. Um, Ariana's powers exploded, and you know, yeah. killed killed his mother. So he was left as the man of the house. You know, he could have gone on. And you know, achieved greatness after Hogwarts. Yeah. You know, which he was destined to do. He was destined to yeah, travel the world and absolutely. learn everything about magic. But he didn't because of obviously this event that happened forced him to stay at home. And then he finds Grindelwald, just like he exactly. said. Yeah, he finds somebody who represents everything that he's not at the moment. You see, Grindelwald is free. Oh yeah, and he represents freedom. You know, freedom of speech, freedom of thinking. Um, and freedom of speech and freedom of thinking tends to get dark really, really quickly. Yeah, it does, yeah. <laughs> um, but what I mean is, like, he... Ambledore... Ambledore? Ambledore. <laughs> Ambledore. <laughs> Whoa, and the elephant is back in the room. It's back in the room now. Uh, yeah, I am foreign, indeed. <laughs> um, Ambledore, which is my pet name from Albus Dumbledore, um, he, he's, uh, he has these attachments that he cannot get out of. Yeah. And he's happily to comply. I'm quite sure he's happily to take care of his sister. He's happily um, able to um, be the man of the house. Um, but Grindelwald represents... Freedom represents yeah. unbound power. knowledge, yeah. unbound power, and that's really attractive oh, yeah. for a young man. Oh, definitely, yeah. And a young woman. Exactly, yeah. That's a very attractive trait that Dumbledore obviously saw, because uh, this obviously then leads on to the fact that, you know, something that uh, uh, a, a premonition that J.K. Rowling makes, uh, sorry, a, um, a large bit of information that J.K. Rowling reveals or has revealed um, a premonition. A premonition. I have no idea. Sorry. Well, I don't know what I was saying. Uh, like she's like pre-thought it. Like Trelawney. Yeah. She, even though she knew it in the first place. Yeah, That's yeah. obviously like a... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking there. Sorry. Um, yeah. So this kind of thought that she had, this information she gave that Dumbledore's obviously gay. Uh, yeah. He had a gay He had a, uh, a, a relationship with Grindelwald or he had feelings for Grindelwald at least. Whether yeah. they were reciprocated is entirely different. I hope. I hope they were. I hope they were. I, 
I I look at Dumbledore and I think he at that stage of his life he needs a lot of love. Oh yeah. He needs somebody um, to his, be there for him. Yeah, because his brother obviously is a lot, you know, because that's another horrible thing as well. His brother Aberforth lives mm. in Dumbledore's shadow. Yeah. He lives in this shadow of incredibly great achievement yeah. and this shadow of, you know, great power and all this. And, you know, Dumbledore has to, you know, live with, uh, sorry, uh, Aberforth has to live in this shadow. Yeah. And no matter how much it probably destroys him. So he's, Dumbledore has got, uh, Albus has got quite a lot of like, Attack, hasn't he? Not yeah. attack, but he's got a lot yeah. of pressure also, against him from all sides. Albus, um, Albus is smart, um, not only in a cognitive way, mm. but he's really empathetic. He is, um, yeah. His emotional intelligence goes way beyond uh, his, um, you know, cognitive intelligence. Oh, his, yeah. Uh, what we call executive function. So, all right. Um, and... People who have really high emotional intelligence tend to suffer the most mm. um, because they are unable to differentiate between their own, um, you know, the, the, their own feelings and somebody else's feelings. Yeah. Uh, what we call perspective taking, so right. theory of mind. So the the ability to empathize. But people with really, really, really high emotional intelligence tend to empathize so much that they are there's this stop being able to regulate their own emotions yeah. and they start taking other people's emotions as their baggage. Yeah. So I can see Dumbledore um, not only taking his own problems, but taking Aberforth's yeah. problems and and every single problem that's around him, which are many at the moment. Yeah. Let's remember that at those times, uh, the wizarding world uh, keeps being quite um, chauvinist yes. and quite xenophobic about stuff. Yeah, that's um, interesting. Yeah. And once again, these things start changing once he meets Grindelwald. Someone yeah. who is not only attractive, but is attractive in many levels. Yeah. You know, there's power, there's free thoughts, a free spirit. Yeah. So I can definitely see why he falls in love with him. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. Who wouldn't, right? I know, right? Like, all that power and all that, you know. Absolutely. Everything, you know. And charisma. That, and right? charisma, exactly. With free thought comes charisma. Oh, yeah. He's got... And Grindelwald obviously displayed everything that Albus wanted. Yeah. And they, they had that kind of, you know, Dumbledore, I think, had a real turning point because, you know, he's either got the root of good, which obviously eventually goes down. But, you know, with good, he had to suppress a lot. Yeah. So he had to suppress the urge to use every single one of his powers, whereas he could have gone down the route with Grindelwald, which is the um, uh, the, the famous... Uh, phrase of Grindelwald was uh, for the greater good yeah, and this yeah. is something a phrase that they coined together so they knew that for the greater good they would have to take over the muggles for the greater good of yeah. the entire world at what cost you know at whatever cost and Dumbledore knew that if he used all his powers on that he them two together would have been unstoppable exactly so let's recap uh, a little bit here so what did Grindelwald wanted what was his ideal his ideal, I believe, uh, was just Muggle dominance to bring the wizards out of out of um, persecution. Yeah. Because at that time, so obviously, they suffered a lot of persecution. It was quite an authoritarian kind of ideal. It's, it, was, it was, yeah, very much a dominant... Yeah. He, he's quite fascist oh, to, yeah. to some degree. Uh, and um, Dumbledore is the opposite, <laughs> yeah. isn't he? He's quite inclusive. Yeah, Dumbledore was um, very inclusive. Whether he was at that time, though, is a different story. Um, that's, I'm glad you bring that. Yeah. Um, did he evolve to be inclusive because of his uh, problems with well, uh, Grindelwald's point of views? Or was was he already inclusive? I think, I think he would have been inclusive from the start because, you know, um, 
uh, Elphias Doge says in the last book that when he had Dragonpox, Dumbledore looked after him. He's the only person who would go near him and look yeah. after him at Hogwarts. Yeah. You know, even though that's a, you know, a young person's mentality to look after. Yeah. But it may be that. But he seemed to be quite inclusive even in those days. Yeah. But I think the the power of Grindelwald may have twisted him a little bit. Maybe. And made him um, potentially go down that evil route. Once again, I want to emphasise... Emphasise. Emphasise. All that emphasise... <laughs> Um, the society that Dumbledore grows up in, you know, yeah. it's not inclusive. No, it's not, not an inclusive society at all, which means that um, obviously um, some moral standards have rubbed up on him. Oh, yeah. Which means that he might not be as inclusive as we want him to, but bear in mind where he's growing up, you know. Uh, yeah. and, and then he kind of becomes the outlier. He becomes the antithesis of what the society represents. Yes. Um, and... I'm. I'm really. I know. I'm. I keep delving into Grindelwald's and Albus' relationship, but that's. I think that's so important that uh, is, for yeah. me because I think everything that Dumbledore does after that, it's because of Grindelwald. Oh yeah. Um. Everything that he becomes, everything that uh, he aspires to be, and everything that he believes his values, yeah. it's because of Grindelwald. I think I would say Grindelwald is Albus's Lily. Oh, does that now make I've sense? not heard that. That is um, really cool. Um, and not that in the, is very interesting. And not in the same way that Snape looks at Lily. Obviously, Snape, Snape looks at Lily as this, you know, ideal, as this like yeah. untouched love. Yeah. Um, Green Grindelwald represents something different for Albus. Yeah. Um, it repre represents freedom. I think it represents freedom, and it also represents what what it could have been, but. It never God, was. The heartbreak yeah. for Dumbledore must have been immense because there's that bit where he they talk about the mirror of Erised and he says, what do you see? Harry asks him. A pair of socks. A pair of yeah. socks, but what did he actually see? Exactly. Him and Grindelwald? Did he see him and his family? You know, there's all these it's, things because obviously his sister then passes away Yeah. and that causes a huge rift you're, in his you're family. You had quite an interesting um, idea. I know we said we weren't going to talk about Harry Potter, but before we made the pact, of not talking about yeah. Harry Potter until we had a mic, you commented to me uh, that his sister could have been um, something... Of an obscurus, yes. Yes. Now that, yeah. Um, for people listening at home might not know what an obscurus is. Okay. If they haven't seen Fantastic Beasts. Right, So yeah. just just give a recap. Okay, us. for um, for Fantastic Beasts, uh, an obscurus is... Um, it's like magic that's been so it's been ma magic that's suppressed really yeah. deeply suppressed inside and it explodes because it has nowhere to go yeah so it becomes something very dark and very dangerous almost like a dementor it becomes something very dark and very twisted and it sort of feeds on all good yeah and obscurus takes over solely um and that's what um eustace i think his name is or whatever, what's his name um uh or whatever his name is in yeah, fantastic yeah. beasts that's what he has um, and that took him over and it caused him to do all sorts of things like that. So I was thinking if Ariana maybe had that. Maybe. An obscurus inside her because um, she... Could, could be that her um, problems with the muggles um, made her extremely self-conscious of her magic. And it crushed it straight down. Yeah. Because um, I was thinking, what if Merope Gaunt had that as well, but she seemed not to. Her magic no, seems to have just destroyed. So. She she did use... Her magic was Merope, um, as opposed Tom to... Riddle's mum, Merope, <laughs> um, was... Um, using magic as a way to to get her way. Yeah. If that makes sense. She uses a potion to get uh, Tom Riddle's dad to fall in love with yeah. her. Yeah. So I don't think... I think it's more of a heartbreak. 
It is. It's heartbreak. It's yeah. suppression. It's all of yeah. that. But maybe that's what she has. Yeah, with Albus' sister, I could definitely see that happening. Um, her being an obscurist. Yeah. I could definitely see um, somebody who's been ridiculed uh, by magic. Yeah. Or used as a circus kind of freak, you know, like do that yeah, again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, play monkey play, you know. Um, I could see her repressing magic. And Massively, yeah. I, I wonder what Alvis, you know, he must feel so powerless of like, I let my sister die in front yeah. of my eyes and I could do nothing about it. And it broke his heart because, you know, you hear him in the final, in the second to last book begging, you know, someone who's not there, obviously he's seeing it all again. He's yeah. begging them to do it to him instead. Yeah. You know, he's, he's actually begging. And that mm. was really heartbreaking because he's obviously held all this inside. Absolutely. And absolutely. There's a wonderful section actually for those readers out there on Pottermore have a little read of McGonagall's story because there's a really lovely bit where, um, obviously, again, we're going to be talking about this uh, yeah. later on. Again, something we will say, but we will be. Um, <laughs> is where he talks about uh, where McGonagall uh, experiences a big emotional turmoil. Dumbledore finds her in her office crying, and then they sit down, and Dumbledore, for the first time, opens up about his whole family history to her. Yeah, And that's a sacred bond between two incredibly secretive people. And that is something that, you know, forms the strong bonds between McGonagall and uh, McGonagall and Dumbledore yeah. was that strong bond that they both know each other's secrets, you know. So and I think that's actually quite interesting. You know, he's he's an incredibly suppressed person. Like, all yeah. the heartbreak, all the anger, all the pain that he feels, you know, in that sense, it makes him more powerful than any yeah. other because he still fights for love. Yeah, exactly. And that's what makes him a lot more powerful than Voldemort. Well, he does understand the power of love. And oh, yeah. I think the difference between... Albus and Voldemort is that Albus uh, understands um, that love is greater magic. Oh, yeah. Uh, what Voldemort refuses and, you know, focuses on hatred. Yeah. Um, um, let's let's have a look at Albus in the first series of books. By that, I mean one, two and three. Yeah. Um, so what... he's got a very... He's an observer, I think, in all of these. He helps out a lot, I think, yeah. in all these three books. He's very much a helper. He helps out, you know... He helps guide Harry yeah. through through those years of school. What you know in the Chamber of Secrets, the what that must have brought forward for him, yeah. seeing you know, think you know, seeing all that again from yeah. like fifty years before, knowing that you know Voldemort is slowly building himself back up yeah. through manipulation. And he knows. Oh yeah, he knows it's Tom he, Riddle. He knows um, it's Voldemort. He um, interestingly, you said something that is kind of like you you nailed it, and that's that he's an observer. Oh, yeah. And somebody so powerful, you would think he just, let's say, when Quirrell. Somebody, so, you know, in the first book, um, somebody so powerful would see Quirrell and would just say, about the cadaver, you're done. This is, yeah. the, end, this is the end of this. Um, however, he allows Harry, because um, he already has a deeper understanding. Yeah. He already knows that Harry needs to go through this journey. Yeah. He already knows that Harry... Um, has to defeat Voldemort. Yeah, um, maybe not in the whole Deathly Hallows yeah. way, um, but he does know that Harry needs to do this journey, not him. Yeah. So he he he, he guides. Yeah, he, he guides. He guides everything because he knows it how great his power is. Exactly. You know, he could easily kill 
a lot of the characters off oh, straight yeah. away. You I can mean, easily do it. In, in the second book, uh, the moment that he realizes Lucius was the one to put the yeah. the diary in Ginny's cauldron, he could have done, well, Lucius, like, you are dead. Yeah, no, Lucius could have easily just... <laughs> like this, you know, boom. Yeah, could have easily wiped Lucius out, but he yeah, didn't. But you know, he doesn't. Because he's a good uh, person. Like, he's, he doesn't, yeah. yeah, and he's, he's he understands that things have a development. Oh, yeah. And he understands that there's time for war and there's time for... Let's see where this. Piece, yeah. yeah. Um, so so it's interesting. At the same time, I'm a little bit like, are you being obnoxious? Who Dumbledore? Yeah. yeah, because he knows all of this is happening under his roof. Oh yeah. And he 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 does help Harry, but at the same time, he kind of he's a little bit irresponsible. Oh, he is. He's very manipulative as well. Yeah, he's manipulating yeah. the situation. I think we know how manipulative he is later on in books four, five, and six. Oh, right? yeah. Um, however, when, you know, Voldemort is in the school the first year and the second year, and he, he, he still doesn't really do much about it. Well, he doesn't know. I don't think he knows that Voldemort's think, there, really. I, I think he, he has suspicions. He must have some suspicions about Quirrell, yeah. Yeah. And, and he tells Snape in the yeah. final book, in, in Snape's memory, he's like, watch over Quirrell. Yeah. It's like, so, so I'm like, oh, you're telling me that somebody's so smart. Like, when the, the troll happens, Yeah. I'm like, even Ron Weasley knows that trolls <laughs> are dumb. And oh, that yeah. he would not have been able, the troll, to, to get Just into Hogwarts yeah. alone. And if Ron Weasley, uh, eleven year old, can come up, can can arrive to this conclusion, I'm quite sure Albus Dumbledore, the greatest wizard. Yeah. Although he sends Snape off to yeah, but like, to to lead him off from the third floor corridor. Yet he lacks to do anything else but that. That's true. That's very strange, actually. He does manipulate a lot of the books, but he right? he doesn't do anything. He's obs- he's again he's just could, observing. Could, what could happens, it be that he's just preparing Harry? He could well be. Could he... he knows that Harry has this destiny above him. Just... I, I don't want to mystify Albus. You know? I don't want to make him more than a human. But it could be that he knows. He, he knows what's happening. He knows what's going to happen in the future. Yeah. Not, not per se in the future, as in premonitions. But yeah. Like, and he... if, yeah. I suppose, if anything, you know? he can't really do anything about Voldemort at this point because Voldemort is you know, just half a form of ghost. Yeah, I guess so. He's not actually a fully formed anything. So. Yeah. I don't know what exactly Dumbledore could have done to... Mind you, he does have the Elder Wand by this point, so... Yeah, yeah. Um, but, I don't know, I just... I, I like uh, thinking about this, because it, it helps me understand how human Albus is. Oh, yeah. You know, we we hear about him being this great, amazing wizard. But, but he never shows it, does yeah. he? Yeah, and he's also so flawed. Massively flawed, yeah. Which is fantastic. I know. That makes him such a good character. He's very, you know, omnipresent, but he's also very enigmatic he's charismatic yeah. he's got all these qual- you know qualities to him that make him such a great wizard yeah you know I, I love that absolutely absolutely and then we see him how easily he trusts other people in the third book when Sirius um, appears you know suddenly Albus you know he, Albus does not take a lot of convincing no for for him to believe that Sirius is innocent have, did realize... Well, that's true, I suppose. Like, I mean, he and he could have known about Peter Pettigrew. Yeah, he could have easily stopped Peter Pettigrew. You as think well. he knew? Oh no, because I I don't know. That's the thing. Like, maybe he knew too late. Maybe, 
Maybe he figured it out too late. Maybe Dumbledore didn't know. Maybe... I, I don't know Because he... Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, Dumbledore is not Kilimans at the end of the day. He can read minds. He can, yes. And he's got the most powerful mind in all of... Yeah, which world. which makes me question, why aren't you doing anything, Albus? I know. Why are you being a bystander? That's why? That's true. Um, unless you have a secret plan all along, which... which... He did know. He did manipulate a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I, I don't know. It kind of it makes... He's holding back. It makes me hate him a little bit. I'm going to be quite honest. Well, that's okay. That's okay. Because it, it makes me go like... You know, just you're just putting your students in danger just for the sake of it. I know, yeah, I get that completely. Like, it's strange to think about, isn't it? Because Dumbledore seems such a great man. Yeah. Yeah, he has so many flaws and he watches all this stuff happen. Yeah. When, because he's too afraid to let loose his own powers. Because I know that obviously power is probably his biggest, you know, aphrodisiac, is his yeah. biggest, like, love. You know, if he loved power, what if he didn't stop? What, what if, if he, he didn't let stop it all killing? go? Yeah, what if he didn't stop killing? Yeah. What if he didn't stop, you know, But I invading? think his restraint is already uh, proven when he says no to Grindelwald. Oh, yeah. There's nothing more powerful than saying no to the one you love. That is true. You know? Yeah. He's able to, to disassociate himself from that relationship and go like, you know what? You're just a Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> Fair play. Right? Yeah, yeah, totally. He's, um, he's such a... Yeah, he's really... Um, and I just... He's so enigmatic, he confuses me. I know. He's so confusing. <laughs> he's a really confusing JK, character. JK, this is what you're doing to us. I know. Hopefully Fantastic Beasts 2 will figure it out, but please just <laughs> give just us something in the meantime. Give us something to work on. Give us something to work with here. We're confused already. I think things will become clearer once we analyse book four, five and six. Yeah. Because here, Albus dies, uh, well, yeah, and seven, but he's kind of dead in seven, yeah, right? Yeah, he's got all his... True that, but then all those yeah. stories come out. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but once we analyse those books, I think we'll we'll arrive to a better conclusion. That oh, just, yes. He's just a mean bystander, right? Well, yeah, we'll come to a better conclusion once we analyse the other books. Yeah. I hope. Yeah. But yeah, let us know what you think, guys. Exactly. Out there. Um, Comment down below or email us with your thoughts and suggestions. It would really be great help. Yeah, exactly. Especially uh, at these moments when we're just a little bit confused about what we're reading, yeah. right? Um, we, we love the character. However... Seeing somebody so flawed makes me a little bit upset. <laughs> Same, yeah. It's really confusing. It is. But it's all good. So if you can let us know what you think, guys, because yeah, exactly. we, we need help here. But no, we'll analyse books <laughs> four to six and maybe seven, and seven definitely. And you can let us know from there. Hopefully absolutely. we'll draw a new conclusion. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, let us know what you think. Comment on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we're called Dissecting the Magic. You know where to find us. Yeah, we're on SoundCloud, Facebook. Exactly. Um, I would like uh, to finish this by thanking our social media manager, Katie Lee Jones, our music producer, Alexander Baham, and to thank you, listener, for being supportive and, you know, ignoring my weird misspellings of words. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. We'll love it. It's all good. But thank you very much, guys, and we'll see you again soon for more Dissecting the Magic. That's bye from me. And that's why for me, have a lovely day.